There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I love WCW. When it was good, it was great, but when it was terrible... It was even better. Now, this wasn't true when you watched it at the time, but when you tune in today, my word, it's hilarious. It didn't go well because such madness killed the company, and the year 2000 was particularly messy, but still. Find an episode, load it up, and here's 10 ridiculous things you learn binge-watching WCW's worst year ever. Number 10, 2000, starts with a WWF ripoff. The very first thing you see on WCW in the year 2000 is Brad Armstrong coming out quite clearly ripping off his brother Jesse James's road dog character. This is the kind of thing World Championship Wrestling thought would captivate the audience. Dubbed Buzzkill, he does just do the same act as if he is one half of the New Age Outlaws. And just go look at the fans. They don't care. They're confused this is still happening because surely the only people getting a kick out of it were Armstrong and Vince Russo. It's rubbish. For context, imagine you tuned into the first Raw of 2023 and it started with somebody called Lenny Cromager. We'd all lose our minds. And rightfully so. Number nine, there's loads of inward shots. Right, no joke. WCW was so broken, even the wrestlers were sick of it, especially because management barely existed. As such, they all started taking shots at their own company. Going back to the 3rd of January 2000 Nitro, DDP arrives for an interview with Mean Gene Oakland, where Paige outwardly asks why WCW flew him in for no reason, and that the travel department sucks. That's actually what he says during a live promo. Months after this, Scott Steiner took it to a whole new level, where he literally said the words, WCW sucked. And you'll be shocked to hear that soon fans started to think, well, all of this must be true. Who'd have thunk it? Not me. Number eight, WCW had three names for cage matches. Because why have just one? That sounds very simple and boring. We all know in 1999, the WWF tried this with the abomination that was the Kennel from Hell match. And while they learned, WCW took the idea and decided to run with it. Because in 2000, they used three different names for the same damn cage match. The first was Caged Heat, which was just stealing the hell on the idea but then later on we had the house of pain and the more classic steel cage but there was nothing unique about any of them the powers that be just assumed changing what we called it would get the fans excited and the answer was nope this was pure law of diminishing returns by the middle of the year it meant nothing number seven they had six different commissioners six like flipping Chelsea Football Club. In fact, this is an actual challenge for you. Go and watch Nitro and Thunder throughout 2000 and try and keep track of who was in charge on screen pulling the strings. You can't do it, which was quite ironic because it was mirroring what was happening backstage, but still, this was ludicrous. The year starts with J.J. Dillon giving up this role when Terry Funk revealed he had taken it over. Weeks later, he then lost this to Kevin Nash at the sold-out pay-per-view when Jeff Jarrett stepped into line. 
Why not? Blinking, you'll miss that because somehow Ernest the Cat Miller is at the top before WCW hired Mike Sanders and decided he could be the GM. My word, what is going on? Get to October and we shift again as Ric Flair assumes the position, even though Sanders still had the role, and all of this was baffling. It led to a mini feud of sorts until Mike just gave it up, allowing the Nature Boy to see this out before the company was done in 2001. I cannot push hard enough how awful this was, because if you missed one week of TV, it was like you tuned out for an entire cycle. Number six, one of the worst match ideas ever. Not that WCW thought that. They felt like they were onto something. No one remembers it either, because why would you? But in 2000, we got Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Goldberg. Now, that doesn't sound too bad, but as awesome as he once was, Duggan was not fit for this role at the turn of the century, whereas Goldberg was halfway through an ill-advised heel turn, which made this totally nuts. It didn't work. It also meant nobody cared because there was no reason to. And around the same time, World Championship Wrestling was also booking Terry Funk versus Bret Hart in a hardcore bout. This despite the fact that Funk had retired three years earlier and the hitman was suffering from a serious concussion that would ultimately end his career. If you ever wonder why WCW died a year later, it's really not that hard to figure out. Number five, Booker T is GI Bro. Thankfully, come July of 2000, we did right by Booker T. He became the WCW champion, which was long overdue, and from this point on, he was the best thing about the promotion. Vince Russo didn't see this at first, though, because as good as Harlem Heat were, he thought Booker should turn the clock back and become a character he had used at the start of his career... GI bro. Ruh-roh. It was handled terribly too for the obvious reasons and once again. Imagine we took Cody Rhodes right now and made him the dashing one for a second time. It's not good timing and it took any interest the fans had and killed it. The fact we switched it back so quickly made it even odder when all we had to do was start 2000 and say, why don't we make Booker T our priority this year? That was too simple for WCW. Everybody had to go through the ringer first. Number four, a truly astonishing storyline. In April 2000, things were so bad, WCW told Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo to make up and try running the thing together. This led to a soft reset that would give birth to the New Blood Rising pay-per-view. And my word, the build to this. Kevin Nash was the champion, with Scott Steiner and Bill Goldberg being the challengers. And the story was actually that Russo hadn't told any of them who was going to win, so they were mad. And yes, you heard that right. It was like we just pushed play during a booking meeting. It really irked Goldberg, who then refused to take Nash's powerbomb mid-match, so left halfway through complaining about how he was being used. To this day, my jaw drops, and it's dropped right now. The announcers even called him out for this, as they said it meant Kevin and Steiner were now going to have to improvise, which meant we were just telling people wrestling was fake. I mean, this was truly awful. How this was ever going to draw money, I don't know, and I suppose the answer is it didn't, and instead helped end things the next year. Number three, David Arquette wasn't the worst world champion. Now, do not get me wrong. Even David Arquette knows this was a mistake and told WCW not to do it, and yet for 12 days in 2000, he was indeed top of the tree. You can imagine what fans thought about this. The thing is, it did do what it was meant to do. There was some outside interest. It's not like it popped ratings or anything like that, but it did get some mainstream chatter, so I suppose it had worth. What did not is when Vince Russo decided to do the worst thing possible and made himself the champ too. There were also other runs in this 12-month period that weren't exactly fire, such as Sid Vicious. Now, I love that man, but he held the title on two occasions in 2000, and WCW did the grand total of nothing with it. It happened, it ended, that was the whole narrative. So essentially, what I'm saying is that all of this was bad, and the WCW title was thrown in the toilet. 
I will never understand what the hell they were thinking. Number two, Vince Russo doesn't deserve all the blame. I mean, he still deserves a lot of it because his ideas weren't very good, but it takes more than one person to take out a multi-million dollar company. He was just part of the machine. The truth is, World Championship Wrestling was already in freefall in 1999, which is why Russo was brought in to begin with. Rather than save it, he somehow did make it worse, especially everything between January and April 2000. That was really bad. So I suppose the point of this entry is that now every single poor idea is associated with him, and that's just not the case. It was when any sort of honor pole match was booked, but he doesn't deserve the entire stick waved at him. Still, though, I have five words for you. Judy Bagwell on a forklift. Number one, it's really entertaining. Yep, as much as we make take shots at it, this is proper B-movie stuff. It's so bad, it's good. You will never be bored as the ideas get more crazy as the year plods on, and some of the WCW Thunders feel like they were actually planned out by children. Just do whatever you want, because why not? It is car crash TV with an added dose of pure zaniness, and when you get to the no disqualification matches that end in a disqualification, you'll be in tears. That's not the point, but a fact is a fact. You'll also see the production fall off a cliff and wrestlers just give up in the middle of a match because they can't be bothered anymore. It's not great when you take a step back because, again, it ended WCW, but it ain't 2001. It's 2023. We're all aware of that, so just enjoy the ride. Know of any of the ridiculous things you can learn been watching any part of WCW, to be honest with you? Make sure you let us know in the comments below and don't forget to like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Then head over to whatculture.com where you can read articles like this with your eyes. Make sure you follow us on social media at WhatCultureWWE and Simon316. And if you would care to watch another video, I would love to see it. My name is Simon from WhatCulture. As always, I'm losing my voice. I don't know how this keeps happening. And I will talk to you again when you click a video and it's me. That's really the only relationship we have. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.